Good morning, brothers and sisters. Today is the Epiphany of the Lord, and this is the Word in the World. I'm your host, Father Stephen Bell, on this episode of The Word in the World, and I am glad to be joined in the studio today by Mr. Sam Jones, OSU student. Hi, Sam. Hey, Father Steve. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Sam Jones. Uh, I'm a senior at OSU, studying material science and engineering with minors in nuclear engineering and religious studies. Science and religion. Yeah. A wonderful conversation. Oh, definitely uh, <laughs> abnormal one to most people's ears. Well, I think that it'll actually serve you well in the future. I hope so. <laughs> wonderful. Well, happy Epiphany, brother. Happy Epiphany. You know, I was actually doing some research on the origin of Epiphany, and I came across a couple of very interesting facts. Did you know that Epiphany and Christmas were celebrated on the same day in the Eastern Church? Really? Yes. And so I had to find out more about this. You know, my curiosity got the best of me. And I want to read all of you something that I found on the Catholic Encyclopedia about this very fact. And this actually comes from a Assyrian writer back in the 12th century who wrote, The Lord was born in the month of January on the same day on which we celebrate the Epiphany. For of old, the Feast of the Nativity and Epiphany were kept on one and the same day. Because on the same day, he was born and baptized. The reason why our fathers changed the solemnity celebrated on January 6th and transferred it to December 25th follows. It was the custom of the pagans to celebrate the birthday of the sun, S-U-N, on this very day, December 25th. And on it, they lit lights on account of the feast. Now, we probably know where a lot of origins of our celebrations come from now. In these solemnities and festivities, the Christians, too, participated. When, therefore, the teachers observed that the Christians were inclined to this festival, they took counsel and decided that the true birth feast be kept on the 25th of December and on January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphanies. Very, very interesting that this happened in the 12th century because according to my studies long ago, this question was brought up even in the days of Augustine back in the 3rd and 4th centuries. So it's been a long time coming. And now we've got the the 12 days separating, uh, December 25th and January 6th. But today is January 8th. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that in the 70s, the, the Latin church decided to move the feast because of its great importance to the closest Sunday uh, occurring closest to January the 6th. And so that's why this particular year we're celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany on January 8th today. Happy Epiphany, everyone. On this day, we celebrate the manifestation of Christ known as the Son of God, God present on the world uh, with mankind, Emmanuel, God with us, actually happening and there with us. And that manifestation is going out to all the lands, certainly uh, affirmed by the visit of the Magi, the visit of the shepherds. Uh, It's a day of light. It's a day of light. And on this day, Sam, you have chosen for us the reading that we're going to discuss, and that's the first reading of the day, the reading from Isaiah. Our reading of the scripture will be given by Lector Rachel Kanata. She's a lector at the St. Thomas More Newman Center, and here she is. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See... 
Darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about, they all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you, dromedaries from Midian and Ephah. All from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. So we have this great reading, which is a hopeful reading for the prophet, uh, from the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel, to Jerusalem. This actually happens in what we call the Trito-Isaiah uh, readings. It's the uh, prophecies that were given post-exile, so after the Israelites were released from their Bapt- Babylonian captivity, captors, goodness, um, they have now the challenge of rebuilding Jerusalem, rebuilding their society. And so this is one of the oracles from the prophet that helps them to understand who they are and how they should live, uh, beginning to craft their hope and expectancy and to help them to know that the more that they live in light, the more they be light for other people. And the nation shall see that light and be attracted to it. So why did you choose this reading, Sam? So just that opening sentence you hear is rise up in splendor Jerusalem your light has come the glory of the Lord shines upon you it just really captured my attention mm-hmm. uh, it really showed me that there's true hope in this season that this season where uh, you come from a place of darkness you come from a place of struggle many uh, come from that area mm-hmm. uh, there's hope there and it comes because the Lord's been born the Lord uh, who brings true peace and true love to the world has shattered the darkness with his own brilliant light and Mm -hmm. it just really spoke to me and this entire reading just it seemed to bring out so much hope in my own heart that i just wanted to really share it with uh, everybody and this is a reading that tends to be overlooked i think by many uh, especially on this feast of the epiphany everybody always focuses on the gospel which is beautiful and great Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's a reading a reason why the first reading and the second reading is there and uh, I just really appreciate what this had for us. I could certainly agree with that. I like the symbolisms that are given that have a great tie-in to the Christmas celebration, which we are still officially in. That whole notion of light being the the context of how we see things versus the darkness, as you say, uh, that we experience in the season of Advent. But also kind of looking at, um, at the promises of what Jesus is and what he brings to his people by the nations coming forth to him, being attracted to him, and to understand that he is the hope in the midst of the darkness. I like at the end when it talks about um, the, the gold and the frankincense and how that ties in, of course, to how we understand the appearance of the wise men. So it has both a, a reaching back. Uh, into the darkness with a bit of hope, but also kind of propelling us forward in terms of what we're, what kind of light we're called to bring, which is one of the reasons why I like about that. I um, have always loved Isaiah because he is one of the prophets, one of the few prophets that kind of stuck with the Israelite plight 
from their time of being known as the promised people to their time in exile and then post-exile and then rebuilding their whole selves. I mean, it's kind of like he's the constant voice. And I always consider Isaiah to be the same for me, kind of like the prophet that stays at my side and chastises me when I do wrong <laughs> 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 or challenges me to kind of look at something different, but never never fails to give a, a message of hope in the midst of it all that, you know, that we're, we've not been forgotten. And that certainly is very clear in this reading that we have here. What do you think uh, God is saying to you particularly, Sam, through this scripture? Uh, I think, like I said, I share this because it brings a lot of hope to myself. I really appreciated what it had for me. Um, my time of prayer lately has been very dry, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just really amazing because, like you said, it, this comes after uh, they're released from the Babylonian, Babylonian captivity. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, in the second uh, part of this reading, it says, Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. This is, <clears throat> and for me, very reminiscent of when Moses uh, came down from Mount Sinai. Mm. Uh, he was radiant after seeing the Lord, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and he was filled with power. And so, like in this, there's power that comes from hope, and this is something that gives me uh, a reason to continue going on my mission when uh, prayer seems so dry, when I don't necessarily feel the Lord present in my prayer life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can continue to come back and reflect on the glory that the Lord has shared with me and and his birth and and allowing me as a scientist, as somebody that is learning the sciences, to come and put myself before him with all my treasures and place them at his feet, even as he is as a babe. Yeah. Perseverance through witness. I like that. I really like that. I think that you know, everybody goes through those moments of uh, of dryness, if you will, where uh, whatever the source of hope in, the, in one's past has been doesn't seem to be getting it based on what they're experiencing in the present day. And so to uh, go back and to really reminisce, if you will, on those moments of hopefulness and to know that this reading is, is saying that they shall once again be given to you can indeed uh, be very encouraging. I kind of like that too. I think, you know, in 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 times when we see a lot of influences uh, helping us to look down, uh, this reading helps us to, you know, at least me, helps me to uh, remember to look up every once in a while. Um, how I understand myself in the midst of my reality is always very, very important to me, uh, and to reaffirm my status as a child of light, particularly when I seem to be surrounded by darkness, gives me that kind of encouragement. And then I start to remember, I think what what it is does for me is it helps me to replug into that power source that helps me to remember, again, who I am as a child of light. And then as I remember that, I start to look up. As I start to look up, I start to realize what kind of talents, what kind of gifts, what kind of resources I actually have at my avail. I know that sometimes in the midst of darkness, in the midst of, uh, of trials and tribulations, when people are so focused on the drama of that moment, you can't really see what really is around you. And I think what Isaiah is, uh, is saying to, to us today is to 
keep our eyes lifted, if you will, keep it lifted to the light so that we can see clearly what's around us, so that we don't take um, or disregard the blessings that might be there for us to help us to get through life or to help us to deal with the circumstances that we have before us. So that's a that's a very hopeful message. And then the more that we do that, how uh, Isaiah goes on to talk about the nations shall walk by your light, the more that we do that, the more we inspire others to do the same. I think about those people who have been a part of my life who have walked almost effortlessly through serious trials and, and, you know, and challenges that they have that I always thought if that ever befell me, my goodness, I I wouldn't think that I could survive it. But the way that they were able to hold on to faith and to hold on to the hands of all the people that were supporting and loving them, that gives me courage. That gives me the, the inspiration and the practical ways to be able to get through some of the challenges and, and stuff that I may face. So that's very good. And I think that that kind of moves us into the next question. What message would you like other people to hear from this reading? And and so mine would be to never forget, even in the darkest moments, to look up. For you might be missing the very light that you need to guide you out of the darkness. Do you have anything that you... Uh, Like, for me, a message that I think is important from this is that the Lord isn't about the darkness. That he, he's not about putting us into the dirt. He's not about uh, shaming us. He's about sharing his own glory with us and mm-hmm. inviting us mm-hmm. to recognize him as the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that this is an important message from this reading in particular, giving him our treasures, not just like uh, the excess, but all. Um, I mean, they brought caravans of camels. They brought gold and frankincense. I think it's interesting that they didn't. Uh, this message doesn't reflect anything with uh, myrrh. Like I, I, I found that to be a really interesting piece, uh, and I think that it comes with like hope and a time when we see so much death in the world. This doesn't even reflect myrrh at all, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's something, at least for our time right now, that just bolsters that idea that this is about hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that death, exactly. This is about glory. Death isn't uh, the end. Death, mm-hmm. at the most, is an intermediary. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're supposed to come, <clears throat> sorry, mm-hmm. and share life with the Lord and share in His own glory that He's given us, mm-hmm. uh, that we have inherited as His sons and His daughters. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the main message I think that I would love for everybody to understand is to truly see themselves as his sons and daughters, that they have truly inherited uh, mm-hmm. the Lord's kingdom. And that they they don't need to do anything for it, that he gives it to them because of his love for them. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I never noticed the absence of myrrh uh, referring to the, you know, not not focusing in on the death or what what is dying, if you will, but always focusing in on the life. I think that's a very, very good insight because sometimes we can get into this pessimistic stance of all is lost. And so what this reading is saying is bear what, what brings hope. Bear the gold, bear the frankincense, see all the caravans bringing the the you know their gifts towards the Lord, and submit that versus our um, 
our uh, our pessimistic attitudes towards certain things, our our stance of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I that's a that's a marvelous marvelous insight. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we've come to this part of our show where we talk about the challenge for the week. Mm. This is an opportunity for us to give our listeners a very practical, very doable challenge that will help them to put into action the lessons that we that we have uh, called out in our conversation today. Do you have any thoughts about what kind of action you'd like to offer? Yeah, so it kind of goes along with what I'd like everybody to kind of take away from this. Uh, is in the middle of this reading, it says, raise your eyes and look about. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I think in this time of the year when it's so easy uh, to fill ourselves with uh, Christmas presents, where it's so easy to fill ourselves with food, uh, where it's so easy to fill ourselves just with the company of people, that it's time for us to look about as Christians and see what the Lord has truly blessed us with, that he has given us a nation filled with peace, a nation that is filled with his love and hope. He's given us friends. He's given us family members. He's given us people to support us. He's given us the gift, if nothing else, of life. He's given us a gift of breath. He breathes his uh, spirit into us with every breath that we take. Mm -hmm. And so my challenge for the week that I think is really important is that we raise our eyes and see that the Lord doesn't want us to lower mm-hmm. our eyes, mm-hmm. that he has brought us true hope and that hope will never push us into the ground, but hope only rises us higher. I, You know what? I go, I'm going to join you on that challenge. And I'm going to add one thing. I think whenever someone raises their eyes and sees something that is a sign of hope, that is a sign of peace, that is a sign of life, that they first say thank you. And then they engage it in some way. Uh, however, it seems to be appropriate at that moment, just engage it. Take it into your heart. Say a prayer for it. Uh, go say thank you to the people that are actually enacting that hope, that peace, that life. Yeah. You know, but to but to acknowledge it in some active and direct way. But first, say thank you for it. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I think this at this time of year, people are like I said. A little bit hopeless at mm. sometimes, and how can you pull them out of that? Well, let's share the hope that the Lord's given us. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we feel like we're despairing, and then the Lord shines His rays of sunshine on us, what? Who are we to keep that mm-hmm. quiet? Who are we to put underneath a bushel basket? And I think that this, like, in addition to raising our eyes and looking about, speaking. Mm-hmm. saying what the Lord has done for us is like yeah. something that people don't do enough these days. People talk about how uh, people don't recognize the devil being at work, but like people don't recognize the Lord being at work. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we need to start recognizing and shouting from the rooftops is how the Lord's working in our lives. And if we start doing that, I think that the people will start seeing there's true hope mm-hmm. in the world and they'll start surrounding each other with love. I think that's a very good point. I was just having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine on Facebook who posted something that was very insightful. She said, every time you post a a story about good news or a picture of you smiling, uh, a selfie with you and somebody that you love or somebody who is part of your family, she said, keep doing it, keep doing it, please keep doing it because... uh, I'm one of those people that never finds that annoying. She says sometimes she gets a little frustrated with the fact that 
when people are trying to bring good things into the world, trying to bring a moment of beauty, of hopefulness, of loveliness, of honorable intentions and actions into the world, that there's inevitably a comment or some sort of commentary saying that it is annoying. You know that that it would rather it would be better not seen, or it's it's kind of moving towards a, a notion of that being false, if you will. And so she said, as as far as I'm concerned, all of my Facebook families keep doing it and do it gratuitously <laughs> because we need we need more of that in the world. And I and I have to say I I absolutely agree with her. And so if there are if there's anything out there that is worthy of making life better, making our lives better, making our world better, showing forth, as you said, hope and peace and life. Uh, give it props, you know, give it props, lift it up, uh, do it yourself. <laughs> Amen. And just, just add to that general fund of goodness in the world today, because I think that oftentimes we give a lot of room and uh, space for the bad news to be fleshed out and developed, yeah. while the good news seems to be over-sentimentalized and oftentimes dismissed. So that's, I think that's an unfortunate um, uh, direction that, that some parts of our society might be taking but this could actually turn that tide good I totally, work i totally agree amen well sisters and brothers you have your assignment for the week and now we'll move on to prayer time to pray <laughs> <laughs> sam you were saying that you're experiencing a bit of dryness in your prayer life but that you continue to pray what's your favorite kind of prayer your favorite mode of prayer well that depends uh i like saying the rosary because it is something that's basic and easy to say is something that I can revert to no matter what and just continue to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way that I've found to have a relationship with the Father is through an honest just conversation with Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, going mm-hmm. to Him in Eucharist ad- adoration uh, mm-hmm. is the way that i found is the most easy to t- uh, tap into the Lord's voice and just mm-hmm. tell Him, Lord, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm thankful for. This is what... I'm so happy that this happened. Uh, this is what I'm hopeful for. Mm-hmm. And so I just really enjoy and find true fulfillment and just being honest with the Father uh, and just by having a conversation with him. And that's literally what it is. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my favorite for- form of prayer. Well, that's that's mine too. Around the holidays <laughs> particularly, I, I have to say, me and God and a nice hot cup of cider. Mm-hmm. That that's my favorite that's form a good of day prayer. Right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. A nice easy chair, a fire if you can manage it. <laughs> if not, then turn the air, <laughs> turn the heat up. Netflix but, they have uh, the new like they have the uh, oh the fireplace yeah the fireplace that's yeah, right. right that's right yeah <laughs> I, I played that on my Amazon Prime yeah that's right <laughs> so get it we can have it virtually if not really and just sit there and and have a conversation with God you know particularly in this new year it is um it, you know we, we're still kind of in the um, New Year's resolutions phase and what we're going to do to make 2017 better than 2016. But I think, you know, having that honest conversation about where we are with God is always a good one. And that's one of my favorites, particularly, like I said, around the holidays. So what are you thankful for today, brother? I'm really thankful for the people that God's put in my life. And I know that's a super big cliche, Mm. but 
it's the honest to goodness truth. Why are you thankful for that? They're the people that help bring the Lord's hope. They're the ones that I typically see the Lord's rays of sunshine in my life. They help put things into perspective. Sometimes it's easy to get down myself. It's easy to think that I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing something enough. Mm-hmm. And the people that I love most in this world always, always, always come to my aid and tell me that I'm crazy and mm-hmm. that I'm doing good things and the Lord's working in my life whether I see it or not. And uh, they see the Lord's hope in my own life. And like mm-hmm. that's always something that's just really honoring to me. And it's something that really helps helps me to persevere in the times when I'm really struggling with dryness in prayer or like uh, starting to, like, uh degradation of my hope Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i would agree with that i think one of the things i'm very much thankful for is all of those people that are trying to add some good things in the world Mm -hmm. i'm thankful for all of those that managed to put pen to paper to write a note of encouragement all of those who send a nice email or text all of those who are trying to create beauty in the midst of a, of a not-so-beautiful situation. So I'm very, very thankful for those efforts and for the people that make them. And uh, do you have anyone in particular you'd like to pray for today? Uh, I'd really like to pray for those people on Ohio State's campus that are really sh- starting to struggle mm-hmm. with who they are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask the Lord to come to their aid right now and help them to know that he's with them whether they realize it or not and that he's never been against them that he's only ever been for them as their father and uh, anything that they're struggling with even if they're really angry with him to put those burdens on him as opposed to keeping them on themselves because that's where I was before my conversion and uh, it's a really hard place and so I think that honestly that's where my prayer is for them today is in this time of hope that they might not despair Amen. Amen. Well, I will join you in that prayer. How about we do an Our Father? Pray an Our Father on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are struggling on OSU's campus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Well, Sam, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation. And sisters and brothers out there, may your epiphany be filled with light, peace, and hope. We'll see you next week on The Word in the World. Sisters and brothers, last week, my studio guest Aaron Ball and I talked about a new segment that will be added to the show this coming March called Ordinary Time Stories of Everyday Faith. These are going to be stories from ordinary folks who talk about how faith has intersected with various other aspects of their lives and has actually been enhanced by that intersection. I wanted to give you a little teaser about the show so that you can uh, have your faith whistles wet so that when we get started, you'll be um, up to speed of what we're actually going for. So the teaser of this particular one comes from John and Julie, who are post-grad students in environment. And they talk a little bit about how their faith life has been enhanced by their environmental work and vice versa, how their faith has actually helped inspire them become better and more responsible environmentalists. As we close out our show, take a listen to this teaser of Ordinary Time, Stories of Everyday Grace. 
Yeah, so going a little deeper into my into my faith story, um, my interest in care for creation, or the first time I heard the term care for creation was when I was in high school. I did a project at a place called Shepherd's Corner. It's a farm and ecology center that's run by the Dominican Sisters of Peace. Um, and it's just a really amazing place. I highly recommend visiting it. But, but yeah, they... Um, See, so they have they have a farm um, where they donate a lot of the produce to the poor, and they also bring kids out from the inner city to teach them about uh, about ecology and sustainable food. And my project was just to build a trail there, and this was really my first introduction to farming and ecology and and the Catholic faith, which have all become really integral parts of my life um, since then. I guess for me, um, like my whole life, I've always uh, found creation like amazing in terms of it's a way that I can relate to God um, I remember as a little kid me and my older sister used to always like fight during mass so or just like talk so our parents used to give us little books to read while, while mass was going on so we didn't make noise and one of them was like the life of the saints and I remember opening a page about St. Francis and seeing like St. Francis like with animals and like <laughs> in the forest and just thinking like and remember reading like you know that St. Francis talked about how God could be found in nature. Um, it was more recently, actually reading Laudato Si, and after coming back to the church, that like I, the, the, the tight intersection between, um, between faith and care for the environment became like much more uh, yeah much more personal to me also just meeting Julie because um, you know, it's such an important part of her life and it sort of challenged and inspired me to make it a more important part of my life. Be sure to join us next week on The Word in the World here on AM 920 WMNI.